to another episode of the On The Ward podcast, a podcast looking at patients and staff working in a psychiatric hospital. Today, we're going to be looking at sport and exercise and how important that can be to help someone in their recovery. So come with me and we'll find out why sport and exercise is important on the ward. joined again by Mel. So what we're talking about today is about sport and exercise and some of the patients on the ward they do lots of sports and lots of exercise some don't do any. Um, Why do you think sport might be important? I guess one of the main things is that the current their current living situation is quite sedentary Mm. so unless they have got leave to leave the grounds and go for long walks um, the majority of their day is going to be spent within the confines of the ward. Okay, yeah, so that's important. Because they're sectioned, they can't leave the hospital, so they're kind of confined to this area, so they can't go out and go for a run or go for a cycle or whatever. So what can they do on the ward? Every day, the patients are offered time with the hospital um, sports and exercise therapist, and what he does is he gets the patients engaged in a range of different activities. So this could be football, it could be using weights it could be using some of the cardio machines or sometimes he just um, goes on walks with them around the courtyard just to get them outside and actually moving okay so i suppose that's that's how they do it and we're going to speak to the gym instructor afterwards guy named glenn the question is why is it important i suppose why is it important for patients and people in the public so there's a big movement at the moment that mental health is very important and uh, sport and exercise can help your mental health so why would it be important for the patients we have Yeah, so um, especially within an inpatient setting, um, Mm. research is still in the early stages. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's still loads more that needs to be done to get a definitive answer or idea about what exercise does to improve people's mental health when they are in an inpatient setting. Um, But the study I was reading was saying that having people off the ward, having that extra time actually improves their their mental health rather than the exercise itself. So just... Mm getting that one-to-one support uh, maybe mixing with people that they haven't experienced before and so for a lot of our guys they don't come in interaction with females that often and they get to to actually just have a laugh with them and get get to relax with them yeah so i'm intrigued by that that what you're saying is more about the just the social aspect of it and getting them out and getting them into something that they want to do so how did you see that on the ward you see some of the patients that they won't do anything else but they will go to the sport or they won't engage in stuff but they will go to music sessions yeah definitely um especially um as an assistant psychologist um one of the hardest part of my job is getting the patients motivated to come to therapy and want to spend time talking about things that are a little bit more difficult so Mm. having these kind of nicer groups which are still a form of therapy Mm. is, is really beneficial and they definitely need them um some of the guys i work with won't work with me until they've spent time doing these other groups and realizing that oh like it it's not horrible to speak to other people um you can do something fun and talk about how you're feeling and so by going to these groups they then feel more comfortable to engage with other members and start attending those sessions to see what they're like so it's almost like it's starting from a really basic level sometimes they just don't want to interact with anybody yeah so these groups can kind of be that little window into starting to talk to people generally mm-hmm. and then maybe that can lead to them going to their therapy sessions or their group sessions yeah and make them fitter as well so you know yeah has that positive bonus as well so the patient we're going to interview next is one of our patients been here quite a while um he uh loves his sport and engages really well in his sport but sometimes doesn't engage in all the other stuff um so why do you think he prefers to do that than the other stuff is because sport is easy or 
What do you think is going on there? No, I think um, before he came to hospital, this is something he's had an interest w- in in a long time. And unfortunately mm. for him, um, he's not able to hold his attention on one thing for quite long. But with sport, that's something that, you know, it doesn't matter what time of the year you talk to him, that's something that's going to be going on and something he can talk to you about. I, I've noticed as well, regardless of how well he is or unwell he is in his illness, he'll always go to the sports. So he'll always go to his football, generally. Um, he, he loves that. He'll never miss that. So that's, that's interesting. So maybe you're saying it's something that he's kept from outside that was one of his passions yeah. and he's kept it in here. I think that's important as well. We do have to keep their uh, things that they enjoy. Definitely. It helps him keep a sense of self, which um, is definitely really important when you are in a place like this. Mm. Well, very good. Okay, Mel, so we're going to listen to the patient first and he's going to talk a little bit about what he does for sport and then we're going to talk to the gym guy who uh, does all the exercise for all the patients and I'm going to go and do like 50 press-ups before I speak to him. <laughs> all right? So I'll catch you on the flip side. Catch you later. All right, so we're back again. So, how are you getting on? Oh, grand, yeah, sound. Yeah, and you've been having fun on the ward? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was going to say to you, so should we go right back to the start? Yeah, go on so then. How did you end up in, in this hospital? Well. Can you remember? I mean. Yeah, I can. When I, when I was 19 years old, I caught cannabis psychosis. Right, right. And, uh. My mum was dead worried about me because all I used to do is stay in bed and smoke weed. I used to go to work, come home, get back into my bed, order a takeaway, even though she cooked like, and uh, ring up all my mates and just get stoned all day. And then I smoked that much of it, like, I caught cannabis psychosis, and then I ended up in a traffic hospital. And what was that like? It must have been scary. Yeah, there were some scary people in there, like doing stupid things like I would never do. Yeah. But, yeah. The, I mean, the, the psychosis itself, what did that feel like? Can you remember anything about it? Yeah. It was horrible. It, it was... Every time I opened up my eyes from falling asleep, it felt yeah. like I just hadn't loads of ecstasy tablets. Like, my eyes used to flash, and it was just horrible it was. Like, couldn't sleep, couldn't eat. just rushing around all the time, drinking... If you see in a drink on the table, you just take it, you know what I mean? Oh. It was horrible. Yeah. But, like, where you are now, I mean, you're in an unbelievable place now. You're fantastic. You're doing really, really well, aren't you, on the ward? Yeah. It, it's, it's because uh, they got me... I, they actually diagnosed me with mm. a mental illness, and I've been working with a mental health team, like... Yeah. As yourself, like, and... Uh, we try to help, I suppose. Yeah. You just lead us in the right direction, you know what I mean? Well, they try to. But you think you're doing a good job. Well, I praise you all. They're all on my wing. Mm. But don't tell anyone, but we've got the best wing in the whole of St Andrews. <laughs> well, it's nice of you to say that. Um, but what, what do you think changed? So you're saying you, you had this real catastrophic kind of mental breakdown, you were saying, but something changed. And what do you think changed to make you... I started playing five-side football. Yeah, because you said football was really important to you, isn't it? Yeah. I support Man City as well. They're going to win the league again. Sorry for that. Sorry about that. Yeah. We all have to support someone, don't we, I guess? Yeah. They're getting a bit greedy now. They don't need to win this league, do they? <laughs> Can they let Liverpool have one? <laughs> no. But you, yeah, but you're saying you play football a lot. 
Yeah. And nearly every day you say you play. Yeah. I, I just... Uh, I can't play today because they're doing matter in the gym. Right. And and uh, we've had nothing but rain. The first day of sunshine yesterday dried out our all-weather pitch. Like Brilliant. So we'll be on that again next month. So anyone who wants to join us when South End come and teach us some more skills, like two till four every Friday. So that so that's basically like a local team come and teach you about how to play football and how to play the game and teach you the skills and that. Yeah, they, we play against them. We play yeah. with them. And you, and you were saying, um, you told me before that that kind of gives you a purpose. So you okay, it gives you gives me a purpose of getting out of bed in the morning. Right. Just, just, just if I didn't have football, mm. I don't know what I would do. Like, you may spend more time in bed, I suppose. Yeah, I won't get out of bed. Well, that's brilliant. That's that's working for you. Yeah, and uh, having good company around you—that's good. Like. If you've got good company with the nurses mm. and the patients, and they d- if if you run out of things, if you replace it, you get respect and stuff like that on the ward. And yeah, we, we don't have fights. You know what I mean? Well, not often. I not o- not often. <laughs> no, to be true, we yeah. our wards like mm. it is. We don't. We don't. We that was a. We had a little incident, but I won't go there. It's all right. Yeah, I mean, the ward itself is, is very um, reasonably calm. I mean, obviously, some things happen because you've got lots of people in there with lots of different issues, and sometimes serious incidents can happen. But generally, it, it's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, I like it. But who Can you think of some of the characters you might have missed? Not necessarily in this hospital, but in other hospitals. When I was in Wales, I was in an odd body, chewed his mattress. Oh, he chewed... Oh, he... Li- <laughs> I thought you were saying Tudor, as in, you know, I back in the 1500s. No I know, but you're saying he chewed his own mattress. Yeah, he did, yeah. Why did he do that? Because he was hungry, he said. <laughs> well, well, okay. <laughs> I don't know if that would have tasted very nice. <laughs> it's well funny, isn't it? That's pretty funny, yeah. So you're saying, so to go back to when you were saying right at the very start, you were saying that, so you had this psychosis, cannabis psychosis. Yeah. But then from then you were diagnosed... And then, and then you kind of went to various different hospitals. Yeah, I went. I, I've been to uh, Trafford. I've been to Wales. Been to Isle of Man. I've been to uh, Essex. Mm. I've been to Stevenage. I've been to Manchester. I've been to loads of different hospitals. Like that must be hard to go to all them different places. No. You just get shipped off and you make new friends, don't mm. you? I know, but it's hard. You've got to leave your old friends. I know, yeah, but I'm still in touch with half my old friends. That's good. That's good. And do you think, like, maybe this time you could perhaps get out and... and Stay out. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think this is my last in for me in hospital, like... What makes you think this one might be different to the other ones? Because all the other ones aren't as strict as these ones. I've always been in an NHS hospital. Yeah. So you think this one, even though it's a little bit stricter, has actually worked better for you? Yeah. Even my mum and dad can see it. Yeah, so they come and visit you regularly. You're very lucky that you've got family that come and visit you. Yeah, even though they have to get on a plane. Mm. And uh, you recently went out with them, didn't you? And, and that yeah. went very well. Yeah, the weekend. It's great. What's your ambition for the future? To see my kids and then my family and 
and to show my kids what they've actually got in their lives because they don't know nothing about me because I've got a really big family mm. so I want to show them my dad like niece and nephews and stepbrothers and sisters and stuff like that like yeah. I think family is really important isn't it and friends yeah and that's what you're going to need I think when you're out well, hopefully in Easter time, if I'm still here, my friends are coming over from the Isle of Man to DJ in the uh, gym. That'd be great. And are they going to bring decks or? Decks, proper decks. Oh my God. Technics 1210s, Mark 2s. Aren't they going to wake up the neighbours? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a hell of a party. Yeah. And they're going to play from the early 90s. Oh, I was going to ask you, what's your favourite music? It's their music, and they listen to nothing but early 90s. What, what, dance, or...? Yeah, dance music. Right. Old school dance music. So anyway, so to recap, so football is your, your big thing, you love that. Yeah. It's a shame you're no good at it. I'm world class. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you scored a hat-trick, I heard, the other day. I did, yeah. Very good. Are you as good as Sergio Aguero? We're about equal. About equal? Yeah. He only taps them in from three yards anyway. <laughs> yeah, but it's not how far it is. It's in the back of the net what counts. That's true. That is very true. And so you were saying that you're hopefully going to be getting out soon. That's your ambition. Yeah. And to start your life again, I guess. Yeah. And have you any idea what you want to do for work? Or if you'd like to work? If, if I go back to Alaman, I've got jobs waiting for me. Would you like to go back to Isle of Man or, or move yeah. somewhere else? Yeah, because that's where all my kids are. Mm. And I want to see you there. Yeah, it's hard being away. Yeah. But you'll get back there, won't you? Yeah, of course I will. I always find my way back to the rock. Yeah. And I miss my friends as well. Of course you would, yeah. And it's your birthday, isn't it, coming up soon? Yeah, next month. Oh, my God. So I want every single Essex girl to get in their mouths and everything and come and see me. Right, so I'm going to have to get on the phone to every single Essex girl and get them to come and see you. No, just a few will do. Just five will do. If I was in the other man, I'd have a house party and I'd just be full of chicks. But here, maybe, I don't know if you're going to be able to have a house party, but we could have a party, I guess. Yeah, we'll, have, we'll just have a ward party. It'd be nice, yeah. Have a bit of food. Yeah, we'll just... I, I don't want anything special. It's my 40th as well. Wow. Happy birthday. Yeah. And uh, I, I just... I'll get my decks over again and we'll just play on them all night. So music and football, that's your two yeah. passions. So I was going to say, so have you enjoyed your time on the ward? I know it's, yeah, it's hard, sometimes yeah. difficult to enjoy, but... Yeah, it was glad to meet you, John. Well, I'm glad to meet you, and thanks for coming and having a chat with me. Yeah. And maybe okay. we'll talk again, will we? Yeah, of course we will. Right. As well, long as you don't talk about Man City. We'll try and get uh, Natima in and I'll sing a song. Who is your favourite band? Oasis. So are you a rock and roll superstar? No, I'm a supersonic... That's very good. All right, thanks a lot. So, uh, I'm here with Glenn, who's the sports guy. Ah, good morning, John. Good morning, Glenn. Uh, so, I suppose, how did you end up working in a place like this? That's the first question. So, obviously, sport has been a big part of my life. 
done a lot of well, athletics and football when I was younger, um, university degree. And you, you were specifically like you did sports? so Yeah, sports was everything. That so not like mental health or healthcare or anything no, like that? No, no. Um, then I worked in London as a PT for a good couple of years. and That's why I'm breathing in at the minute, I'm trying to look, look good. Yeah, that's good, good stuff. <laughs> but um, as working as a, a PT, I like the kind of engagement one-to-one with people. Mm. And you kind of see that you have an impact on someone's life and well-being. I never kind of actually thought about getting into mental health, to be honest. Mm. It was never kind of on my scope of things. I suppose you like, because the reason for this podcast really is to show the public what it's like in hospital. And, and you probably didn't have experience of a hospital either. No, I didn't. What did you, when you first thought of mental hospitals, what did you, what did you think? Yeah, I suppose in a sense you kind of get a mindset that it's completely different to what it is really. Yeah, yeah when, when I came here, I, it felt like it was a little community actually. Mm. It, it actually felt, I think, yeah, when you hear it on the news... So you get kind of a sense that maybe it's like a, a prison, I yeah, suppose, maybe yeah. in some elements of it. I suppose when yeah. you look at obviously the high secure units and things like that, you'd mm. think it's more, obviously people don't get out and leave as much and stuff like that. So, so I'm interested, because like, you were saying earlier that you, d- you didn't have any mental health background. But do you think some ways that's helped you a little bit? Because you just came in and, not that you wouldn't treat many different, but that you, you no, didn't I, see the... For, for me, I just treat everyone as how mm. I'd like to be treated. And mm. I suppose I was just treating how I worked, obviously, in as a, a PT and doing mm. class and stuff at gyms and stuff, I just treat them as they're my clients. I wouldn't mm. treat them any... I don't, I don't even... When, I suppose when you have uh, services come in, I try to treat them as just a new client with a face value. I don't really un- know their background. And mm. to be honest, it's a, for me, it's, this is a fresh start for them. Yeah. And then I just want to give them the treatment that I'll give someone else in the, in the community. Mm. I suppose, so linking on with that, so when you work with the patients... Uh, do you see them improve and do you see the, the importance of sport to them? Oh, I definitely, guess? yeah. You can, you can see, so on Fridays, we do like fun Friday and we just do yeah. usually like mixed games. So you could do like football rounders and yeah. uh, badminton, you know, mixture of sports. But yeah, just seeing interaction of peers together, it, like pro-social engagement, um, team building. But it's just, it, again, it's just a sense of fun and a sense of normality. Yeah. I mean, that, is, I think that's really important for some of the placements we have because obviously they're, you know, going through tough times and sometimes... They don't have fun or they don't no, have that. I think some of the patients maybe forget that mm. they can have fun. Mm. And, you know, there, is, there are things that they can do here. And so, okay, some of the patients say, oh, you know, I don't want to be here. And mm. it's, uh, Which is normal, you know. Of course it, it is. They, I mean, they, yeah. they want that sense of freedom. But I yeah. think sports can give that kind of sense of freedom. Mm. Um, especially now I've got links with the community. We do uh, sports of confidence. So we go to local gyms in the community. Um, and we've, we've done sort of like cycling, canoeing, mm. uh, archery, uh, fencing the other day so like they get wow. a range I mean so like, I'm just again going back to the public public would be some of them would be like oh you can't do that with these exactly. patients but, are high risk and you know and you're using fencing and archery and things like that who knows what they might do but I suppose uh, the reality is that you need to take risks with them and, and give them the opportunity to kind of do well, things that anyone would well, do because how would they move forward and progress mm. if, they, if you don't give them the chance to do that mm. so the, the patient we interviewed he was very uh effusive about you he's going oh Glenn's great and he loves sport and he was saying that the football particularly loves football and he, said, pickles, yeah. Yeah, and he said the football um, is what gets him out of bed in the morning yeah so you, you can definitely see when so I usually get him every hope well when he's feeling well and, yeah um, usually every day he'll come over and play football and mm. he, he just he loves it doesn't he the way mm. he he smiles when he scores a goal and mm. um as well, he enjoys. So we've been doing a South and United coaching course, and yeah. he attended. For someone like Biggles, he attended literally every week of that. 
Yeah. And he's been out on community leave to watch games. Which is really important for someone like him to have a bit of structure because yeah, yeah. particularly when he's not well, it kind of things go out the window. But this he was able having to... That, having that sense of he can go out and play football. Mm. And even when he's not feeling well and say that maybe like if the water's a little bit unsettled and stuff, mm. it's good to, for him to get out. And he just has that one... Even if it's just a one-on-one time and, and we just do a bit of passing shooting or he mm. loves his crossbar challenge and yeah. doing his Aguero shots. He loves... <laughs> Well, that's the other thing I was going to say. So, because he loves, you know, Man City and that's his team. And but even just that chat, being able to have that something to talk about football. And I know it's a bit of a cliche to go, "Oh, who do you support and what do you do?" But even that kind of gets someone talking and get, gets a little bit of a window in. Yeah. And then, yeah. then you can maybe talk about other things. But just having that little start, it, it just makes it so yeah, so easy to have that social engagement with him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It feels like you could, again. It feels like someone. I'd say I was out in in public and. Mm. Yeah, just have a chat about Tottenham and Man City kind of thing. It's just that, yeah. It's and you talk about good teams as well, is it? Or Yeah. <laughs> well, no, don't, don't mention any Arsenals or West Ham's, no. Don't leave them in there. But, um, but no, so it's, it's really interesting that the patients obviously really enjoyed the sport and they enjoyed the kind of, you're saying they like the pro-social stuff. But what about um, the guys who are sort of more intense and, and really focus on their exercise and they, they kind of use the exercise as a bit of a coping strategy not coping but maybe like a, a way to again it's help a good, them. it's a good way to release sort of um pent-up frustration so you can use exercise as a way of releasing aggression in a positive manner mm. um and you do see that at times so we obviously in the gym there was a little bit of a, a discussion about whether we should have a punch bag and stuff like that right um because obviously we do we have like a yeah um pads and yeah i mean there's a sort of Talk about whether is it a positive for patients to come off the ward and punch mm. stuff. But what, um, what do you think? What's your thinking? Again, when you look at something like boxing, mm. it's very disciplined mm. and very structured. Um, and again, especially with some patients have like sensory issues or sens- they need like a sensory um, fulfilment. Mm. Throwing, we've got like slam balls and stuff like that. So throwing stuff and hitting stuff. Again, I think it's just yeah, a very positive way to move that aggression away from ward-based environments and I think it, I think it has a, has its place but obviously if it's well managed yeah so I suppose because uh, you're saying some people would say it's not maybe the best I suppose maybe because then they might get used to punching and hitting as a way of release yeah but I mean I would kind of stand with you a little bit in the sense that they're in this environment which is quite stressful and, and we're just using that thing to get them over this slight over that boundary like over that, that barrier and if they can use boxing or, or punching a bag or whatever to use to, to stop that initial burst of anger then maybe you know not such a bad well. thing yeah. and also um, we offer sensory circuits now as well that's another mm. thing that uh, our OT Emma's been working on can I ask what's a sensory circuit what does that mean uh, so again it, it just it picks out sort of sensory uh, parts of a person like, like so what we got so like bouncing on the ball right uh, balance yeah stability so it's kind of exercise based, but it's more to do with the yeah, it, sensations. Yeah, it's the same that something that a certain sensation that someone with uh, maybe Asperger's mm. might have the need for, kind of thing. And the sensory circuits kind of focus on that particular need that they yeah, yeah. Qu- require, something. Sort of do you find as well? Because um, we had the music person in uh, Val, and she was saying that sometimes when the patients are kind of doing the music and concentrating on that, they end up talking about kind of personal feelings and things that they wouldn't normally do definitely yeah um, it can open up to be kind of a one-to-one psychology session at times where yeah. you'd have because it's a kind of environment where people feel comfortable mm. they, they will talk about issues that they really maybe wouldn't talk 
about in other situations. Yeah, I think it, again, it's it's that thing about if it's a structured session, right? We're going to sit down and talk about problems and go through everything. People kind of switch off because they know it's coming. Whereas if they're doing sport and they're kind of relaxed, they just kind of tend to open up, and and you don't kind of force them or, or push no, them to all. talk about no, things like that. They sort of talk about it at their own yeah. own free will, really. And how do you find that? How do you, you know if you're listening to people's? No, I like, I, like to listen and, I mean, mm. and give advice as way well, you know how I would mm. see things and no, it's nice to be a part of that kind of treatment plan as well and yeah. know that I can offer not just a physical health benefit but also a mental health benefit as well mm. right Glenn well we've talked for a long time um, but we'll uh, maybe reconvene but thank you very much for talking to me that's been a pleasure and uh, keep up the good work I'm just going to go down the gym now and do some weights yeah. Bye. cheers mate <laughs> Okay, so we're back again now. How are you? I'm good, thanks, John. How are you doing? You've had an opportunity to listen to the two chats I had, one with the patient and one with Glenn, our gym instructor. Yeah. And what kind of stuff did you see coming out? I thought it was really interesting that they both talk very well, but what kind of themes did you get from the chats? I guess um, the thing that struck me the most about um, your chat with the patient was that at no point did he mention any physical benefits that he Mm. gained from the exercise. So he didn't speak about how... He's, he's lost weight, he's got fitter, um, he can run for longer now, um, but he just spoke about the emotional benefits that he got. He mentioned specifically that being part of the five-a-side football team gave him a purpose, gave him a reason to get out of bed, and he was also surrounded by good company. And It's I kind th- of what we were saying before, that it, a lot of it is about the social aspect, about just having that purpose and something yeah. to go and do, um, as opposed to the exercise itself being the end goal exactly because having a mental illness can feel so isolating you feel like you're the only one going through these symptoms and you're scared to talk to people because they might think you're a bit weird Mm. um but actually the thing that people who are suffering from these symptoms really need is just a bit of engagement and a bit of support and a chance to just Mm. feel like themselves again by um interacting with something that makes them happy and i I find with with particularly that patient football is a great like in so mm-hmm. he might be having a bad day and he might not want to talk to you say, oh, how's Man City doing? And he'll be like, oh, and he'll start chatting away and, and talking. So it's a great way to get him to talk. Um, and sometimes it can be uh, something that he wants to talk to you about. It's like a, not a code, because that's wrong, but like a, a way in Definitely. to having a chat with someone. So you, you're not talking about therapy. You're not talking about how they are. You're just saying, how's the football going? And you have that kind of shared bond over how bad Man City are or good. Exactly. Like I think if with that patient, if you were only to know three things about him, it mm. would be the football team that he supports, mm. where he's originally from, and his favourite band. Um, That's true. <laughs> knowing any yeah. of those three things about him will give you a great chance to have um, a good conversation with him. But how does that translate to outside? Because I think it's important for everyone to have some kind of link with people and, and be able to talk to people. Sometimes just getting on the bus and saying to the bus driver, hi, oh, the weather's pretty bad out there. That can be enough. Yeah, definitely. Um, there was a ad campaign recently mm. uh, about the importance of small talk in helping just distract someone who yeah. may be on the verge of uh, jumping in front of a train. Mm. It's just if you notice someone who seems to be self-isolating and kind of within their own thoughts, just standing next to them and asking them how the weather is or if they're off anywhere nice could just maybe help bring their thoughts back to reality. Or talk to them on a podcast yeah, yeah. Um, or this great podcast they've just heard yeah um yeah just bring them back out of those deep 
dark thoughts and just distract them enough to help them get on that train and and not do what they were planning to do. And that, that's, I would agree. So on the ward specifically, like when you're talking to a patient and you think you're just making small talk and you're not talking about anything interesting, you're not talking about anything serious, that's the thing that's going to get you to build up that relationship. Mm-hmm. And the next time you speak to them, you can say like, oh, well, how's the football team going? And you're just building that kind of relationship. And although it may not seem important at the time, it can be important for the patient. Definitely. Like, um, sometimes when I'm talking to the patients and I say something that they've told me previously, that mm. you've remembered. I'm like, mm. of course I remember. That, that's something about you that, mm. that I found interesting. That's something I, I want to talk to you about further. And it always um, yeah, makes them smile just to know that they're not just another patient on the ward, that they are actually still themselves. Mm. And what did you make of... So we interviewed Glenn, who's our mm-hmm. gym instructor guy. Um, what do you make of Glenn's chat? I found his approach to working in this setting as really refreshing. Mm. Um, so he spoke about treating the patients just as clients that he... Uh, yeah, I did, I did like that because it was interesting that he said that he never worked in this kind of environment. So he never worked in a hospital. And he mentioned that the kind of similar themes that I mentioned before where when you talk to people outside of hospital, they assume that the hospital is full of people in straight jackets and padded cells and, you know, serial killers. And he had them kind of images in his mind but when he came here he kind of they were dispelled but do you think it's interesting or good to have people work here that have never had any experience of mental health yeah definitely so like even <coughs> though i've had an interest in working with people with mental health my whole life i never had any formal experience until i came here mm. and i had a lot of the same preconceptions that mm. i thought it was gonna be quite scary and i thought it was gonna be really daunting and i was gonna be completely out of my depth but once you actually start working here you realize oh it's it's actually really normal and oh you know apart from when people are having a little bit of a, a bad period mm. on the whole everyone's fine on a day-to-day basis you mm. can you know you can take them to the shops you can take them um to the gym you can you can do music sessions with them um and interestingly he was really saying beneficial. that they, they can um open up to him sometimes because mm-hmm. it's not a formal psychology session or a formal kind of session so they're not being asked or can you talk about some trauma or something that might have happened but when they're doing the gym and they're kind of a bit relaxed they'll end up talking to him about things like that so maybe you should start doing gym instructing I don't know <laughs> what do you think yeah I um, need to work on my own fitness a little bit first well, I wouldn't say that but um, but no it's important that, that they feel like they're not having a session so yeah. then they can open up does that make sense why, why do you think that happens I think um, sometimes if you're in a formal therapy session you can feel under pressure to start divulging all this stuff from your past like oh is this what they want like does this make me seem well enough do I sound too ill if I mention this but um just letting it come naturally with someone it's really quite beneficial because then you then you're talking about the stuff just the stuff that you want to talk about and the stuff you feel comfortable enough saying very good so uh that was our sport and exercise episode yes. I feel very guilty now so I'm going to go and do like 20 star jumps just to um <laughs> so feel fit but hopefully you'll be able to join me again now I'll, I'll look forward to it John. all right i'll speak to you next time okay Bye.